Welcome to Good Morning, the podcast on a mission to open up the conversation around grief and loss with honesty and humour. Hosted by Sally and Imogen, we interview interesting guests to hear how losses shape their lives. Join us as we laugh, cry and drop the odd F-bomb. Welcome back to the Good Morning Podcast. Hi, Sal. Guys, heads up. I've lost my voice. Well, I mean, I've still got my voice, but as you can hear, it's not great. (laughs) So for a podcaster with a voice like this, you're just going to have to bear with me for this intro. I have been running myself into the ground. Um, You sound pretty damn croaky, my friend. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I do. But um, you guys will still accept me, I'm sure. Sal, how have you been? (laughs) (laughs) I am doing okay. It's been a heavy couple of weeks, I think, for Mm. everyone with everything that's going on in the world. And there's been a lot of things happening in Australia too with flooding. And yeah, it's it's been a... A heavy few weeks, so I hope that you guys are all okay as well um, and that, you know, you're coping. It's a lot on top of old mate grief, isn't it? Oh, yeah, so um, much. There just seems to be things happening in every corner of the globe at the moment and we're just sending out our love to every single one of you and know that it can be really tough and like Sal said, especially when you're grieving, it can just feel compounding and often the person that we want to talk to about it all isn't here and so it's really hard and just yes hope you're all taking good care of yourself and like you Im I feel like I I, I've been sort of really uh run down recently not like in the sense of having like a, a cold or like losing my voice but just that feeling you know in grief when you feel um like burnt out I think I've been having that just like low energy just really really run down you have Um, yeah yeah, it's. I think there's just a, a wee bit of heaviness going on in the world right now. But what's been happening with you? Tell me about like this. Have you got an infection? I don't even know. I don't know. I feel like I was so sick for the first like bit of the, you know, after New Year, I was sick for weeks and then I got better and now I've got this thing again. I don't know. Is it grief? <laughs> the grief, the grief cough. I don't well, we know. We did a reel, didn't we, this week about the physical symptoms oh, of grief, which yes. a lot seem to resonate with a lot of people because it is absolutely yes. a thing. Like when you feel like your grief is like, because you've obviously had your mum's anniversary recently. And I think grief can oh. take its toll physically. You know, it can like exhaustion. Like I've been really feeling that like burnt out from just, you know, like feeling heavy. Yes. Um, but I think like it can manifest in like, you know, it can affect your immune system. Like so many ways so like and it's so true and even years in we're still feeling the effects of it but yeah like like you said like lowered immunity I think that's what's happening to me and I'm just getting sick so easily now um so yeah I'm dealing with that I've got to tell you a funny story so last night oh my god I sent you on the message my power went out last night right before I went to bed I was like what if it doesn't come on in the morning my phone battery is about to die and I'm gonna gonna get a hold of Sally and record our intro um yeah so and anyway I had all these candles burning and I like made some joke about like being out of power and had the candle burning and Ben laughed. I was like, Oh, you haven't laughed at me for like a long time. He's like, 
well, you haven't had a sense of humor. I was like, what do you mean? He goes, we finally got your sense of humor back, like referring to after my mum died. And I'm like, this has been fucking two years, mate. What are you telling me? I've not been funny for two years. Uh, like, ben clearly was- doesn't listen to the podcast. That's all clearly, I can say. Clearly doesn't listen to the pod where I bring all the bands every fortnight. No. <laughs> yeah, <Sorry>. Ben. <laughs> I just, yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. I'm like, mate, yeah, I just... Yeah, keep it all for you guys, don't I? <laughs> but yeah, sometimes I do feel like I'm not my funny usual self, and that's the other thing with grief is it can can take away those elements of you for a little while. But it's good to good to know he thinks it's slowly coming back. <laughs> I know it can be. It is all consuming, though, isn't it? And I think you mm. know sometimes we do feel like we sort of lose those little parts of ourselves while we're trying to process and just like get to grips and like as we all know it's not just like a two or three or even six month thing it takes you know we while to a kind wee of feel while. a wee while to <laughs> a like bloody long time <laughs> to, yeah. to recalibrate and feel like you're getting parts of yourself back so yeah I'm glad that you had a little laugh together and he needs to listen <laughs> he needs to listen we to did the in the pod. candlelight Sal <laughs> goes out more often to reconnect us now. <laughs> um, but Sal let's talk about today's guest yes let's so today's conversation is with Alira Potter don't know if you guys have heard of her but she's absolutely amazing she's a Yorta Yorta intuitive manifestation and spiritual coach, body positive champion, and author of an amazing new book called Wild and Witchy. So Alira's mum, Karen, sadly died from stage four melanoma in 2008 when Alira was only 17 years old. And she's really honest about how losing her mum so young affected her at a time when she should have been discovering herself and how she basically ended up hitting rock bottom, didn't she, Sal? But she's so open and that's what I love about Alira. She's just no holds barred, is she? She's so, so open. And she talks about how she basically packed her grief away for a long time because she was only 17. You know, it was a time when she was supposed to be discovering herself. So she just kind of pushed her grief aside and lent on alcohol and substance abuse and just partied really hard. Um, And I think a lot of people can relate to this because I think especially when you're young and you lose a parent, you, all of your peers are going through things like, you know, starting university, first jobs, all those things, discovering Mm. who you are basically. And so I think it can be really common to just sort of try and push it aside or just crack on with life because that's what everyone around you is doing and she said she basically got to her lowest point and and hit rock bottom like you said him and was forced to face her grief and basically she found a pack of or- oracle cards that her mum had left her and started kind of learning more about spirituality and kind of intuition and that's what took her on the journey to where she is today we, we cover a lot of ground in this conversation, don't we? And I think we actually mm-hmm. talk about quite a few topics that we haven't really discussed on the pod before, like the power of manifesting in grief, like how to do shadow work to help you heal. And also our favorite in, which we're going to do a <laughs> podcast on soon, which is boundaries. Drum roll, all <laughs> boundaries. Sal and I have a funny old relationship with boundaries. We are... <laughs> Oh, I think like, if you don't know, we're both very much like, yes, men, aren't we, Sal? Like much to our detriment, I think sometimes. Former we... people pleasers. Yeah. Yeah. And we find it really hard to say no, we just mm. love a bloody clip, love a bloody commitment. Don't we, Sal? <laughs> we do. <laughs> we do. But 
She also shares how you can tap into your intuition and how to tell the difference between your intuition and your anxiety, which I found really interesting because sometimes I don't know the bloody difference. I'm like, I've got all these feelings in my tummy. Is it anxiety? Is it my intuition telling me it's a no-no? So I found that really helpful. Yeah, me too. And I really loved our chat on self-love and boundaries as well, because I think for, for both of us, we didn't know really how to set boundaries until we kind of dealt with grief. And yes. I think grief, and, and that's, that is what I found really interesting in this conversation. And I hope that a lot of you guys take something away from it too, because I think in grief, it kind of shines a light on what you will and won't accept from people. It kind of makes you think about, you know, the support that you have and how you're supporting yourself. And that's where boundaries really come into play. And we're yes. going to do a dedicated podcast on this topic because I think it's a really important one to explore. But um, I took a lot away from just the power of saying no. Yes. And I can actually pinpoint the exact moment where I, I felt like I had made the turn in my life and was like, Oh, I need to start saying no to things. This is making me uncomfortable. And it was after I had done the work with Rebecca Jacks, like the breath work sessions. And I guess it's similar to doing the shadow work, like clearing all of those traumas that you've been storing in your body and holding onto. And as soon as I started lifting those layers, which was obviously through grief is when I started to feel like, Oh, this doesn't feel good. I'm not up for this. And that was the moment where I'm like, this is what it means to like, listen to yourself and listen to your body and what feels good and what doesn't and what serves you and what doesn't. And if it doesn't chuck it in the bin. In the bin, mate. Let's jump into it, guys. We hope you enjoy this conversation as much as we did. Alira, it is so good to have you join us today. You are a manifestation and spiritual coach, an energy healer, speaker, model, and author, and basically a multi-talented lady. Um, Yeah, I'm like such a multifaceted human. So come and do my intros anytime because I can't even remember all the things I do. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. We have been following you for quite some time and we're both really interested in spirituality and many of our listeners are, and we've been on quite the journey recently with it. So we've been so excited to talk to you about all things grief and spirituality and your journey. So yeah, super pumped for this chat. Amazingly too. We have been on quite the journey, haven't we? So (laughs) let's unpack all that stuff in this. But um, to start, we wanted to touch on your grief journey, Alira, and how you ended up where you are today. Um, So your mum, Karen, died when you were 17 from stage four melanoma. And you've spoken openly about how you pushed your grief aside as a bit of a coping mechanism, which I think can be quite common when you lose a parent at a young age. And it wasn't until later on that things kind of came to a standstill for you and you hit rock bottom. Can you talk us through that period of your life and how you ended up coming to face your grief? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Grief sucks, doesn't it? It sucks. (laughs) Yeah, it sucks. I feel like we're all just going to be like, filled with that sort of grief I feel like for life there's always those triggers and stuff but I think for me like as bad as it sounds you know the passing of my mom at such a young age sort of shaped my whole career and my whole like life which is wild so um yeah when I was 17 sadly mum did pass away from melanoma um and it was just it was really quick it was really like the doctors I remember mum just saying look um it's back again because she had ongoing health issues with cancer related things and 
I just remember being like, it's back and it's just, they can't really do anything. And I was like, oh, you know, being a young, naive 17 year old, I was like, no, surely, like, surely they can fix this. But um, yeah, she literally told us, I think July, 2008 and then November, she was gone. And it was just the most bizarre, bizarre experience. I can't explain it. I, I suppose people who have gone through grief and especially with a parent, um, it is just the most bizarre experience. And I just remember she like passed away and then that was it. It just felt like a whole piece of me left as well too. And I think a lot of people who have lost their mums will absolutely understand what I mean by that. It was just like this whole piece just left. And I'm just like, oh my God, I have to grow up so fast right now. I need to like figure out my life, whatever it may be. Um, and then, yeah, I think I really packed away my grief for a very, very long time because I thought I can handle this. Like, it's so fine. And it wasn't until probably the last maybe, yeah, within the last like five years, I sort of, I really unpacked the grief with, you know, alcohol and substance abuse and just, yeah, the healing journey began and it is still going. That's the thing. I think there's a feeling, it's like you're sort of unmoored, right? It's that feeling like you sort of almost feel like you're free falling and it's like you've lost your anchor. You've lost such a big part of yourself. I think it's really easy to kind of just want to just shut it away and be like, I, I just can't deal with that right now. I'm just going to pop it away Eventually. and I'll come back to it. Exactly that. And I just remember doing that. I remember like finishing year 12 and I remember going straight into uni and doing like all the things that society thought I had to do. Um, and I was like, I don't, I shouldn't have done that. But I obviously did it for a reason and a purpose and it shaped me to become the person I am today. But you do, you push it aside because you think you've just got to get on with it. it. And when you're, you know, in your like late teens, you should be going to uni, finding out about yourself, exploring mm -hmm. life, making friends, you know, just enjoying life and finding mm -hmm. yourself. But instead, when you lose a parent so young, you're stuck with trying to process something mm -hmm. that is so huge and so life-changing on top of all of the other stuff that comes with being that age as well. It, it's a lot. It's a lot. Oh my gosh. When I look back at it, I'm like, oh my God, how did I even survive those first couple of years of grief? How did I even function as an adult? And I think I, I really had to be independent and I didn't get to experience a lot of what my younger, my friends at the time did, like having fun and partying. And so I'm doing it all now at 31. Go fine. girl. <laughs> it's so fine. But is yeah. the new 20 anyway, I think. Thank you. Yes, yeah. thank you. <laughs> yeah. But um, I can completely relate to you about that like bizarre feeling. Like I have found like my mum died suddenly from suicide, but it's just losing your mom, like losing someone. It's just, it's bizarre. Like grief is so strange and you do feel like you've like lost a part of you and you've got to try and find your feet again in the world. And it's kind of like everything feels like you're doing things for the first time again after someone close to you dies as well. I don't know if you had that feeling, but it is just, yeah, it's bizarre. Yeah, it is. And it's like exactly that. It's just, you don't, I think for me, I always just in the back of my mind was like, oh, she's going to come back home. Like I just went through this phase of like, she isn't gone. I'm just dreaming sort of thing. 
Um, but then, yeah, it wasn't until like, you know, a little bit later on, I was like, no, this is your life now. And you need to be able to cope. You need to be able to like, look after yourself and whatever it may be. Um, and that's what I had to do. But yeah, for, I for a good couple of years, I was just like, this is all a weird grief dream. It's like a shock, isn't it? Like a, a kind of perpetual shock that you're sort of like, I, I found like in the first few years, it caught me off guard a lot. Mm-hmm like you sort of know they're gone but then it's like oh wait a minute what like what's going on yes on a bit of a reliving it you got to keep like reminding yourself no they're not here they're not coming back and then you got to keep going through that over and over for quite some time exactly exactly that and you do you have like I think you both would know like at our ages you have those moments where you're just like oh my gosh this is so bizarre like I had a moment over the weekend where I'm like oh I'm 31 mum died when she was 41 like mm. I just was like what the fuck so to speak like what the fuck I just yeah so yeah grief sucks overall grief sucks it does I think Sal and I can really relate to you as well and that your, you know your career is sort of formed from the loss of your mum too and that the path that Sal and I are heading down it feels exactly the same way and like we wouldn't be here we wouldn't be doing the things that we're doing if our mums hadn't died so in some ways it's kind of amazing and some ways it's really heartbreaking as well mm-hmm. like it's it's quite kind of bitter, yeah. bittersweet isn't it yes yeah that's the word I was much. looking for yeah very much so <laughs> so you were um you know parting a lot pushing your grief aside and then things came to a bit of a standstill for you talk us through that period in your life and and how you transformed and how you kind of picked yourself up and faced your grief yeah yeah definitely so it's a long story but I'll like cut it down so it all like literally when mum passed away I was I had a boyfriend at the time and him and I got married really young at like 21 because that's what you thought we would have to do And then him and I separated, got a divorce at about 26, 27. And then that's when the grief really, really kicked in. It was just almost like the grief of a relationship and the grieving of my mom just sort of like came to the surface. And that's where I found myself single, having to change absolutely everything about my life. And I just fell into this like, I don't know, I was just really depressed. I was anxious. I was suicidal. And I just thought alcohol and drugs are going to be the best solution to just fix me. And I did that for a solid, I reckon it would have been maybe 18 months of just constant partying, just like bendering every weekend, um, running myself into the ground, having no money, nothing. And it wasn't until probably two years ago, I went on a massive four day bender. Like I shit you not, I was awake for probably like four days. Jesus. And I just, yeah, it was just, it was insane. And what do you call them, Sal? Bereavement benders? That's yeah, probably what I bender. was doing. <laughs> that's probably what I was doing. And I just remember like on that fourth day, I remember one of my guy mates was like, what are you actually doing? Like, what are you doing with your life? And I was like, you know what? I actually don't know and it was like this light bulb moment where I was like okay firstly I'm gonna go sober and do like a few months without alcohol I'm gonna just cut out the friends that are impacting me to make me want to go and party all the time and I'm just gonna lean into spirituality which is like how my career sort of started so when mum passed she gave me a deck of cards which I'm showing you right now um I got these deck of cards and I put them in the back of the closet because I'm like I'm never going to use these ever I'm never going to use them and when I lent into the spirituality side of things a couple of years ago I found the cards 
And that's when everything kicked off. I was like, oh, something is happening with this. This is kind of amazing. And yeah, from then on, that's when everything else sort of dropped in. And I don't know, just the career just went a little bit nuts. We have both seen um, some psychic mediums in the past year. We love seeing mediums, don't we, Sal? Um, we've also seen David the we Medium, do. who we've yes. had on the podcast, and it blew our minds, like absolutely incredible. Um, but, yeah, we've both been able to connect with our mums, which blew us away. How, like, when, At what point did you realise that you could like connect with the other side? Like, How do spirits come through for you? Yeah, well, I think everyone has the ability intuitively to tap into that other side. It's a matter of us really sort of being present and us sort of doing the things to be able to connect. And that's what I did. I just, I remember sort of playing with the cards and being like, oh, this is fun. Like, I'll just keep doing this every day. And I did that. And then I started doing like lots of spiritual development courses. And then I sort of said to my friends, let me test these on you. And I did. And then just weird shit just started happening. Like I was just getting like messages and I'm like, what is this about? And then that's when it all, yeah, it all just happened. It's kind of crazy. Cause they, they say that, you know, everyone's got it in them. Right. And it's cultivating that. And if you're mm-hmm. kind of interested in, you know, learning more about spirituality, it really is just like a practice, right. And opening exactly. yourself up. Exactly. What kind of what kind of stuff was coming through at first? Like I was just like it was almost like you know when you think of something and a thought drops in. It was just like little messages like that were sort of dropping on in, or it was almost like I don't know. I was like these predictions, like I was predicting things before they would happen, and I was like, oh, that's a little bit weird. And I just remember like having the chat to a mentor and just saying, this is happening. Like, is this normal? And they're like, yep, this is all part of the journey. Lean into it. And I just went into it and then, yeah, it just got crazier and crazier. And did you find that like, you know, learning more about yourself through becoming more spiritual helped you process all of the feelings of the grief that you've been pushing aside for, for all those years? Yeah, hundred percent. Because when you do sort of tap into the spiritual side of things, you do what's called your shadow work. And that's what I was doing. I was doing my shadow work. I was like, journaling every day I was processing my triggers I was understanding why I couldn't do xyz because that triggered me so much and it sort of reverted back to the grief process and um yeah the whole spiritual journey has helped me like immensely with the grieving process of losing mum. Mm. it's so interesting because I think when you do experience a big loss when you kind of do get to that stage where you are processing it all, it can teach you so much about yourself, can't Mm. it? I think that's what Im and I have definitely found. Like we've almost gone on this personal journey of growth through the death of our mums because it's just opened up this whole sphere of us like doing our shadow work and learning what triggers Mm. us. And yeah, it's such an interesting kind of process, isn't it? Mm. And another thing that you do, which is you talk about manifesting, which is mm-hmm. a big part of your life. So we'd love to know, like, what is it and how can we do it to help ourselves during tough times? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Manifesting. It's like a buzzword at the moment on social media, I reckon. <laughs> um, but manifesting is like essentially what we put out to the universe, so that law of attraction. So if we're putting out good energy, we're going to get good energy back. If we're putting out sort of negative energy, we're going to get a little bit of that negativity back to us. So I think manifesting and the way that we can use that to sort of grow and and heal 
whatever you're wanting, whatever you're desiring and wanting to bring in, you're going to put it out to the universe, whether you write that on a piece of paper or you're verbally saying it out to the universe. So the last couple of years, I've really manifested my whole life. Like everything that I've desired and needed and wanted, I've just sort of put it out to the universe. And I've done those good things to say to the universe, I'm open to receiving. I'm putting out that good energy. I'm being a lot more kinder to humans, kinder to myself, whatever it may be. So I think all those practices actually help you. And they sort of, for me, they helped me a lot with that grieving process as well too. Tell us more about that. So how did, how do you think it helped with your grief and how can we apply manifesting to, yeah, to help us? Yeah. Well, when you go really deep with manifesting, this is where you get to like curate and create your life. So for people who are serious about manifesting, we're going to be like wanting to bring in specific and beautiful things. So for instance, I've been manifesting like a partner. And for me with a part of the grieving process, I really had to think about the sort of person that I wanted. So I had to be manifesting someone who understood that I suffered from really bad anxiety based on the grief around my mom and that I had experienced all these things and I'm still like dealing with all my trauma. So manifesting a partner and the specifics was like really, really important for me. So I think that's sort of one way to manifest because it's always like you're, you're thinking and you're processing and you're like, is this something that I really want or is this my ego talking right now? That we've got a, a funny story about manifesting partners, don't we? So, <laughs> oh, I feel like you need to tell Alira your <laughs> manifesting story. It is pretty good. Oh God. Um, so my mum was like big on manifesting. She said, I remember I was going through a breakup years ago and she was like, write down what you want, like be really specific. And mm. you know, your partner will come into your life. I was like, all right, mom. So I was like living in Queensland at the time. I remember I sort of lit the candle, got the crystals out. And I was like Love that. writing down the list of what kind of partner I want. And I was so specific in it. I was like, you know, I want someone with kind eyes. I want someone mm. that's, you know, likes to socialize, but not party too hard. Cause I kind of went through a phase and I was trying to get myself out of it too. So I was yeah. like jotting down everything that I needed in my life. And I have this thing about interesting surnames. Like I like kind of exotic names mm. and things. So I wrote down interesting surname. <laughs> Be careful what you manifest guys. Yeah. Um, my partner now, who is the father of my child, is called Ben Tung, like T-O-N-G-U-E. <laughs> and now my, my daughter, surname is Tung. Oh, my God. <laughs> so that I is really so really funny. Like more specific with that one. Rather than interesting, I should have written, like, exotic. <laughs> yeah, you do. You have to be specific. You really do because we have the ability to manifest, like, anything anything literally yeah and that's why I say to people like definitely sit with what you're wanting to bring in and making sure that it's not your ego talking or it's not coming from a place of trauma where you're trying to fill Mm -hmm. a void Mm -hmm. um I think that's really important so um yeah I love that you were able to manifest that that's so funny oh so good and like to your point like you're so right like manifesting you've got to be careful, right? Because if you are trying to fill a void and it's coming from a place of trauma, that can be almost like a bit of a double whammy, I imagine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. And this is, that's what I learned, I think, when I first started manifesting. I was manifesting from a place of 
filling a void and from trauma because I had healed from past things. Um, and I was just manifesting crap and I was manifesting crap partners. So yeah. Yeah. And that sort of stuff keeps kind of happening until you face it and mm. realize the kind of patterns that you're getting yourself into. That's it. Exactly that. And I think when I sort of, I don't know, I got to a place of like really understanding my healing journey and the things I needed to do. I would started manifesting the correct things and like right here, right now, I'm so content with like being by myself and being single that I'm so like, I know a partner will come and I know that I'm manifesting them, but I don't need them right now because I'm so I filled my void of unhappiness because I wanted to seek validation from another person because I didn't have that love as, you know, a kid or when mum passed away. So um, it all, it's all connected as crazy as it mm. sounds. Yeah. And I think that can be really common for people too. You know, it's that void. You want to fill it. You want to kind of like, we can never replace our mums, but it's almost like you have that big hole in your life. So it's like, what do I put in that now? And I think a lot of people can put like really kind of toxic and negative things in there, just trying to, you know, just, yeah, feel something yeah. again. Oh, yeah. It's, exactly. It's tough. Exactly that. And it's quite a brave thing to do. I think like when, when you are filling the void with things that are a bit of a crutch or toxic things, but you think it's that they're helping you kind of almost like stripping them away and being like completely like naked in a sense, like it, it's a lot, it is confronting sometimes, isn't it? It, mm -hmm. it, it really is a, a big process and it's, it's a lot to do, but it's so important. It is hundred percent. I just think, I feel like that that's the best advice I would give to someone who's like going through grief. It's just like, don't be afraid to do that healing because mm. it'll all like work out and it will like make sense, especially like as you grow and evolve as a human. I love that. So something that you talk about in your book is the importance of setting boundaries. And mm. I know you talk about it a lot on your social media as well. And it really resonates with us because it's something that is so important when you're healing. And you've said on your Instagram that conserving your energy is important and dispersing it is even more important, especially to the right people and the right situations. And we were like, preach when yeah. we read that. So why, why is it so important to say no? And how, like, how do we go about conserving our energy and kind of how, how do we set boundaries? I think it's something that a lot of us want to do, but we're maybe not sure how to do it. Yeah, and I think this is where like a lot of us are people pleasers and we just want to please the other person. And that's that's great. That's beautiful. And that comes at a time and a place to be able to like please another human being. I think for me, it just got to a point where I just realized I was exporting so much energy to situations and to people and I wasn't getting that back that I thought, oh, I need to put up a clear boundary right now and I need to like conserve my energy and disperse it wisely um, I then got to a point, especially with my business and my social media, where I just was like, no, people were messaging me business inquiries on social media. And I was like, no, like, this is my email, email there. Um, like my boundary with social media at the moment is on the weekends, I turn off my messaging thing. So no one can message me like on social media, because I don't want my weekends like filled with work stuff. Um, I think it's important as human beings to be able to say no. And it's uncomfortable mm. that first time that you do it. But once you just get it in your mindset to be able to say, no, I don't want to do that. Or no, I don't want to go to that event. 
it will just come naturally. And I think I probably say no more than I say yes to like everything <laughs> at the moment because I can't be bothered. I really can't. Like I've got better things to do with my life. I think as well, when you are going through a loss, like we can be so stretched thin anyway, can't we? we you know, we're trying to process grief as well as living our lives. And sometimes I think we can forget about what we really want and need. And I think that's where boundaries are so important. And it's something that Im and I are really practicing at the moment, aren't we? Oh my God, we I was like so, no idea. Oh, I was so bad at saying that. I didn't realize how much of a fucking people pleaser I was mm. until my mum died. And it's like, it really shifts your priorities when someone you love dies. And then you start to realize you're like, I can't physically do these things that I used to do anymore. Why was I doing them in the first place? <laughs> like it yeah. really opens you up to realize, yeah, uh, boundaries is what we're currently yeah. learning here at Good Morning. And it's it's tough. If you haven't like, you know, grown up doing it, it's really hard. It is so hard, but just don't be afraid to say no. And I think like, you know, I always, before I make a decision, whether it's a yes or a no, I actually pause before I make that decision because we as humans, we just want like instant gratification, instant validation that we just say yes so quickly that we just five minutes later regret saying yes. So I have this habit now or this mindset where I'll actually pause. I'll listen to my intuition and be like, if it's a half-assed yes, it's an automatic no for me. So that's where I'm like, no, I'm not doing Mm. that. Yeah, especially like if I get invited to things where I feel like I have to go and I'm like, you know what, I don't want to go. Like I know I'm going to have like a shit time or I just don't want to do that. You're so right. I think with social media and just the pace of like online life, we it is an instant gratification right and we feel like we've got to be like automatically like yes or no really quickly like without even really processing it or thinking about how it's going to make us feel so I think that's such good advice just to pause exactly pause like people will wait it's so fine just jumping back a tiny bit you talked about um your intuition I, I get so muddled with intuition because I've always been an anxious person. And I know you mentioned mm. that anxiety is something that you suffered with as well. How can we determine like what is our anxiety and what is our mm. intuition talking? Because anxiety is a full body kind of experience. And I know your intuition is like, you know, your gut talking, but mm. I find it really tricky to, yeah, decipher what is what. Yeah, exactly what you said. I totally know what you mean. Because like I suffer from severe anxiety. Like I tell people like, I take medication because some days I can't get out of bed and that's like bloody okay. Um, But deciphering your intuition and anxiety, I think for me, with my intuition, it's almost like I would feel into it. And if it felt really good or if it felt a little bit like, oh, like that doesn't feel good, that's my intuition. I always knew that my anxiety was trying to protect me with any decision that I made. So like my anxiety would jump to conclusions or my anxiety would make up scenarios where that's separate to my intuition because my intuition is just trying to guide me and sort of give me that, you know, beautiful, humble response to be like, it's okay, it's fine to do that. So, I mean, test it out next time. If like a situation drops in and you want to get a little bit of guidance from your intuition, just pause like take a deep breath because sometimes our anxiety can just be like, I'm trying to protect you right now and it will try and jump in front of our intuition. So just pause and just be like, hmm, does this, like how does this like feel? And if you, if you, this is the best advice as well too, if you're finding that you're just like, oh, I can't decide what's going on, ask the universe. 
say, okay, I need like intuitive guidance right now. Please give me a sign. And the sign can come in the form of whatever it's represented to you. So yeah, don't be afraid to just like listen and like feel into that intuition. We love a sign, don't we, Sal? Love signs. <laughs> we yeah. do. Oh we are here God. for the signs. Can we talk about what happened the other day when you and I were sitting at the cafe? How's this for a sign, Alera? We've been talking about signs all day. Um, so we're sort of planning next season and it's just a topic that we absolutely love. And Sal and I were sitting in a cafe having some lunch. And so one of my signs for my mum is a dragonfly, a butterfly, like those sorts love of things. That. Like She even said before she died, like, I'm a dragonfly to her. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a very meaningful kind of symbol for me. Anyway, so we're sitting there at this cafe Next minute, this dragonfly flies in, looks me straight in the eye, lands on my hand, and then, like, gets up and then buzzes straight back out of the cafe. I was like, Sally, <laughs> did that it just was happen? It was amazing. It was, like, oh my God. so insane. I love that. I Goosebumps. I love signs oh. like that. And I love when my mum gives me signs because my mum was, like, you like I'm I'm pretty open and blunt on social media and like what you see is what you get my mum was the exact same so when she gives me a sign it's really fucked up and I love it (laughs) it could just be like something so random I think I remember just sort of like I needed a sign about a situation I was like I need a sign just like yes or no you tell me like whatever and I remember walking into like I don't know where I was like a shopping center or something and a funeral song was playing and I was like bitch you can't be doing that to me like I'm gonna cry <laughs> but also thanks for the sign like she knows you hate yeah. crying so she's trying literally. to you. <laughs> yeah literally so I love a good sign and do you find like do you connect with your mum through sort of do you get downloads from your mum or do you tend to use signs to like connect with her the most kind of how do you level with her like spiritually yeah well it's actually really hard for me to sort of connect in with like a past loved one but the signs she gives me lots of signs and sometimes she actually if I'm really like if I'm really unwell like with my mental health she'll actually come to me in my dreams which is Mm. like bizarre and it could be the most weird scenario but it's almost like she's just sort of telling me yep I'm here I'm around whatever like I'm here if you need me sort of thing but I'm really lucky because I've just um I've moved house and I'm probably about 10 minutes from where we put her ashes in, in the ocean so I'm like closer to her than ever, which is really, really special. And I think with like dreams, there's there's sort of a knowing, isn't there, when it's a bit of a different dream, when you feel like it's almost like a visitation or it's them connecting mm-hmm. with you. It, it just feels different, doesn't it? It does. It really, really does. You're just like, oh, okay, I see what you're trying to do here. But yeah, dreams are really special. You get them a lot, Sal, don't you? Like the visitation dreams. I remember at first you were like kind of, you were judging them thinking, oh, am I just thinking it's her? But David, the medium kind of cleared that up pretty quickly, didn't he? Mm. He did. Yeah. He was like, no, it's, you've got to trust them. But yeah, I've had quite a few that have just been like so real, but, but I know sometimes dreams are vivid, but it's like a different kind of vivid, you know, it's, it, it just feels like they're, they're there. And then you wake up and it's like, just feels there's a strong sense and a strong knowing right and I think a lot of our listeners have had similar experiences haven't they and it's one of those things that you think am I like is was that what I think it was you know yeah um yeah I totally know what you mean and it is really special and yeah I like take that all on board if that happens because that's just like magic so big key takeout from this conversation is trust your instinct 
and just you know just pause it's okay to pause when you're setting Mm. boundaries deciding what's right for you I love all this advice like I think I need to pause more that is for sure and another thing that I remember seeing on your Instagram, Alira, which really resonated with me, um, it's a post that you shared where you said, once you switched your mindset to self-love, it changed your whole outlook on everything. And you said that your self-love journey begins when you decide to start showing up for yourself in a way that you never did before, which we really, really love. And I think it can be so like easy, kind of like what we were saying with boundaries, like when we're processing grief and loss, can be really easy to forget about ourselves because we're just focused on our grief and then like you know how other people are um and sometimes we just forget that we need to take care of ourselves so how can we add more self-love to our lives especially on you know those days where we're feeling really griefy Mm. and I love this because I like need to remind people that self-love is not linear and self-love is whatever you want it to be because I think people get really caught up being like oh my god self-love is like I need to go and like run a bath and do this and do that and it's like yeah that's great that's awesome but like for me self-love is like having that boundary and saying no because that's putting me first and that's me showing up for myself Mm. um it is having a day in bed watching Netflix and turning my phone on airplane mode that's self-love like that's you nourishing and resting your body and listening to your body as well too so I think the best advice I can give to people when it comes to sort of self-love is define what it is for you whatever it may be there's no right or wrong um but I think boundaries are a really good start for self-love as uncomfortable as that sounds like we were talking about it before say no you don't have to do everything you're only human totally and I put my phone on airplane mode and that is like for me that's my self-love because it's like I'm not Mm. available like you know this is my time and space to like recharge because I find like I don't know about you but like being on my phone all the time like it actually it really drains my battery yeah yeah literally like it like I've literally got mine on airplane mode now and I'm like uh I'll chat to people like when I need to yeah like that's yeah I need to like conserve my energy because you're I need so to right practice like, that more <laughs> yeah it's being yeah. like constantly available like it can be so so draining and I think as well mm. like like you said just now people think self-care is like you know running a bath or putting a face mask on but actually it's about mm-hmm. the things that preserve you isn't it like what's that for your soul yeah and exactly that so once you do those things for yourself that's how you're showing up authentically and you're really showing up for yourself And I think that's what I sort of had to realize with my journey of self-love and realize it isn't linear and I'm always evolving and I'm always growing as a human being. So um, yeah, self-love is just, there's no right or wrong. I love that. And lately I've been getting up in the morning. So I've been trying to do like at least a half an hour run and now a little breath work session as well. Mm. Just start the day for myself. I've got a two-year-old daughter, so I just try and like do it and get up before she's up, before I have to deal with everyone and feed everyone in my house and all those mm. things. It was like, this is my non-negotiable time. Yeah, and it I makes love such that. a difference. That's self-love. That's see, that's perfect. loving myself sick over here. Exactly. <laughs> and I think as well, something you've said before, Alira, which I think really rings true to this, is when you create space for yourself, it's a good thing, and like creating space and letting go of things is letting other good things flow in so like don't Mm -hmm. be afraid to create that space for yourself and that time for yourself for self-love 
the boundaries for like you to kind of for your healing journey and yeah your your instagram is full of so much wisdom and we'll link to it in the show notes but there's a lot of things that you say that i just go yeah that really resonates with me and like creating space is a big one yeah i love that and that's when i tell all my clients i'm like create space because it's going to create space for like all the things that you deserve and all the things that you want to bring in because it's really important and it's probably one of those things that's quite hard to do at first, but I think the more that you do it, right, the easier it starts to become, like it be- needs to become a bit of a habit, you know, loving yourself and saying no and boundaries and all of those things, like keep practicing them. If they don't, if it doesn't come naturally at first, mm-hmm. like all, I think all these things, yeah, take time to kind of really set in and change the course of your life. Exactly. It's like just those little minor changes every day are going to like be a bigger impact later down the track. So if someone's interested in sort of setting a boundary and kind of incorporating more sort of, I guess, self-love into their everyday, does it start with like paying attention to what makes you feel good and what doesn't make you feel good? Is that a good place to start, would you say? Yeah, 100%. Like I always think when I walk away from seeing my friends and things like that, how's my energy? If my energy feels really good, I know that I've done a good thing by going or catching up with that person. If it doesn't feel good, then I'm like, "Mm, I need to be conscious of setting a boundary next time I want to hang out with them or whatever it may be. So definitely feel into the things that feel good and don't feel good. And honestly, don't be afraid to say fucking no. Don't be afraid. I just think don't, yeah. There's, just don't be afraid to say no. I love it. Just fucking say no. Yeah. Literally, literally. Because <laughs> I think we can it. be, when we're like in that people pleasing mode, we, we get too focused on how other people are, are feeling. And actually we, it's to the detriment of what we want for and, mm-hmm. and what's going to be best for our needs. And we can be so scared to say no, but it's important, isn't it? I think we need to take a leaf out of your book yeah literally (laughs) I was just telling all my friends to fuck off today no (laughs) literally my phone is never on Sally will never be able to get through to me again (laughs) turn it off and be like piss off everyone not today (laughs) oh stop this has been amazing um final question from us Alira we would love to know what does good morning mean to you oh my gosh good morning good question (laughs) I well no because like I feel like also like side note because it's not in reference to like the podcast itself but connecting with you guys I think what you're doing is so beautiful and so powerful because when I was going through this grieving process there was nothing for me to listen and connect into so this is like good morning this is me like saying thank you for doing this because it's absolutely beautiful um but good morning for me is like exactly what we've spoken about it's everything it's like me listening to my intuition me like taking a moment for me it's the non-negotiables it's the self-love it's like doing the trauma work it's Mm. like yeah it's absolutely everything love it this has been such a great chat I've learned so much and I'm definitely going to go away and set some of those boundaries me taking a breath that's going to be a big one for me yeah and also yeah just learning to say no more me and him are probably gonna turn our phone off for a week now be like yeah (laughs) sorry no season four of the podcast is coming out we're too tired I love it Alira we've been so looking forward to speaking to you for such a long time and you have not disappointed thank you for your time it's been such a treat thank you so much for having me I appreciate it I tell you what, I'm going to be practicing that pause technique. 
<laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> Me too. And guys, be careful what you manifest. Don't forget to be really specific. Don't make my mistake. <laughs> <laughs> guys, thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. 